Come on in and grab a seat. We're getting ready to get started here. So glad to have you. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
time in, in our time together, we're going to partake of communion together. So if you would, wherever you're at, kind of filter down to this center aisle here, come and, and pick up your elements. You can go back around the sides if you would. simply impressed upon by about the love of God for us. That's simple. So how much that God loves us. That, that he would come in flesh and all the wonderful things he did, the purpose was to die on a cross. And scripture says that he was obedient even to death upon a cross. How much God loves us. That he would do this so we could be free, to be set free from our sins, to live a, a life of, of what he intends. So as, as we partake this morning, I just want you to maybe, just for a moment before we do, just meditate on the love of God for a minute how great it is, how deep and how wide it is. We, we don't fully come to a place of comprehension where we get it, you know what I'm saying? So great, so wonderful, so powerful. Let's, let's meditate on his love for a moment, then we'll, we'll partake together. Praise you, Jesus. Your love is so great. so wonderful, much more than we could even fathom. You created out of love, and then when we messed it up out of love, you come to fix it. Jesus, you came, but you still come. The Holy Spirit works in us because you love. There's a great characteristic of God is that God is love. just say this, if you, if you struggle, if you struggle with the concept that people love you, you got to go back to him and allow him to show the full extent of his love to you, as much as you can get it, to allow yourself to receive his love, not only to, to take you just as you are, but love you enough to take you somewhere. That he doesn't leave you where you're at, but he takes you somewhere. That's because he loves you. That he would do whatever it takes 
bring you life. Embrace and receive that love today. Lord Jesus, that your broken body that represent, represented in this, this bread that we're holding, that you ask us to do this in remembrance of you, partake of it. Symbolically of, of a literal physical death, your body was broken and bruised for us. And you did it out of your love. So as we partake this morning of this bread, we do it in remembrance of your wonderful love of sacrifice. Let's partake together this morning. And with the broken body is shed blood. Jesus, you came to fix the problem of this world, and that problem is sin. The sin of separation, the sin that causes death, the sin that leads to a life without you. And you come to be the way back to the Father in full reconciliation and redemption. And it happens because of the shedding of your blood, and it's in your blood that we stand. We Lord, Lord, we thank you so much in the forgiveness of sins that we have, the final sacrifice of your work on the cross. We thank you for the shedding of your blood. Let's partake this morning together. Just, just raise your hands up for a minute. Lord, we praise you. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We ask, Lord, that, that as we do these things that you have asked of us, Lord, that we live a life in response to simply who you are. We live in faith. And we stand in the fact of your broken body and your shed blood and the newness of life we find in it. Thank you so much, Lord. We worship you today. And we praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
working in 
promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad to have you here today. If you're new, we would love for you to grab one of these in front of you in the seat and just fill it out so we can get to know you. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning.
All right, well, good morning, everybody. Is everybody happy today? Amen. I hope you are. It's a good day today, and we're glad you're here in the house of the Lord. So um, uh, take up tithe and offering at this moment. So if you um, have something to give, you can prep that and get ready for it. If you need an offering envelope, check the chairs out in front of you. If not, one of the ushers will uh, help you out. But we appreciate your giving. And um, I don't know about you, but um, if, if you could think about how you want people to think about you, you know what I'm talking about? If, if, they, if they hear your name, what, what rolls through their head? I hope good things, first off, you know, but, but I hope in some way there's a characteristic about your life that, they, that you were a giver. And I'm not necessarily talking about tithe and offering, but I'm talking about just in the general way you approach life, you are interested in investing and helping and giving others, right? And one of the things that our tithe and offering does do, it teaches us that kind of lifestyle. And it teaches us that your heart is open to what God says in the leading of your life and how you present yourself and how you interact and how you live. And it's marked by the fact that you are a giver. Amen? So as we give it our tithes and offering today, it's teaching us. Listen, we, first and foremost, for everything that God brings to our life, we turn around and we give. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray over that. So if you have something this morning, Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to give today. And we, we want to be givers, Lord. We want to live the lifestyle of giving. And, and in other words, that how we simply live life is reflective of you because you freely give. And I pray, Lord, as we give today, it's just another step in a life of faith with you, that you're teaching us and you're growing us and you're showing us the way we should be. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Come on down if you have some giving this morning. Um, some announcements. The Sycamore House, uh, which, which we are uh, financially helping out just a little bit every single month. We, we give a donation to the Sycamore House. Um, but they are doing a, uh, a fundraising event at the Farmer's Daughter, the restaurant here in town, uh, from 5 to 8 on Tuesday, July the 27th. So if you want more information about that, there's a flyer hanging on the, the board back there. Or you may talk to Mr. Mike, and he's got all the details, all right? So uh, be a part of that if you can. And before you go anywhere, Mike, hold on. Top Golf sign-ups. Uh, we got a lot of people out traveling and doing stuff uh, this this Sunday, but there's a bunch of names on there. They set on a date. It's coming up real fast. So Saturday, July the 24th, they're heading down to Cincinnati to Top Golf. Uh, right now, they believe they have scheduled in 2 p.m. for the tea time or whatever you call it. So you guys have to figure out when to leave. So the 24th, probably leave in noon or before that, something like that. We'll, we'll get it official time. So if you need more information about that, see Mike. As far as the cost, uh, they're waiting to see how it's broken down. They're waiting just for the confirmation from Top Golf. So just mark it down 24th in the afternoon, Top Golf men's outings happening. Did I get it all right? All right, good. You can leave now. I'm sorry. Um, don't forget baptisms. Two weeks from today, we're having our next uh, round of water baptisms. People making a public confession of the inward change in their life, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I like when you clap about that. That's good. Uh, that's July 25th, right after church. 
right out front. And uh, if you have not ever been water baptized, and you want to be, and you should be. How many of y'all, I'm not going to ask, but if you're saved, I was going to say how many are, but I'm not going to ask. Um, if you're saved, but you've never been water baptized, you need to get in on the commands of Jesus. And Jesus said for us to be. As a matter of fact, the first text we're going to go to today in Scripture, we talk about that. He commands us to be because there are certain things attached to it that are important for you, but also important for the community of believers for which you are baptized as a part of. So if you're, you're saved but you've never been water baptized, let's do this. The 25th, sign up at the uh, back table back there. And the only, oh, two more quick announcements. Um, next Sunday is our building dedication. I hope you all are excited about that. And again, I know we have a lot of people out traveling. We're, we're hoping we're all back in town. Next Sunday, we've got our normal 10 a.m. service. Then at uh, 6 p.m., we're coming back together. And there will be a handful of people joining us from the other campuses. And we're just going to celebrate the blessing of God for this building. We're going to dedicate this building unto the Lord. And uh, that's next Sunday at 6 p.m. And by the way, I, I'm going to throw this out here. Um, uh, Jenny, when church is over next Sunday, if you're part of the event cleaning team, we're going to ask that right after church Sunday, you help Jenny clean up the building from our 10 a.m. service for coming back that night. So if you can help Jenny do that, just the bathrooms and all this different stuff, and we'll let people check out the kids' church. So if there's a mess down there from kids' church, be able to help Jenny out. Please uh, get with her. She could use some help. Uh, this coming Saturday, having said that, this coming Saturday, uh, I'm going to have a work day starting about 9 a.m., and uh, we actually got this room right here and that room up there. We can actually get, get going and painting those rooms. Okay, I'm going to have some paint there. Uh, we're prepping the rooms in the basement for drywall. So I think three of them are ready to go for drywall. There's two more that we have to rip off the trim. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that this week, but that can be done. But, but I made a mess down there ripping trim off. So we'd like to be able to clean up that mess on Saturday for the building dedication Sunday so people can look through the building. So 9 a.m. Saturday, uh, a work day. If you can come out for a few hours, if there's some things to clean up in the yard, we'll do that and whatnot. But we just want to prep for not only the things coming up, but for the dedication on Sunday. Okay? I think that's it. Mark 16. Verse number 16. Mark chapter 16, verse number 16. Oh, and by the way, uh, if you did not know Drew and, and Sarah Brown, they welcomed the little one to their family over the weekend. So they're out with that. We're excited to meet that little guy when he comes here. And it's Justice's birthday today. Happy birthday, Justice. Yeah. Um, last week, I forgot. I, I was supposed to say this, but I forgot last week it was... Uh, uh, Jack and Christine's was their 40th, right, wedding anniversary last Sunday, so that was awesome. So I know there's other birthdays happening. By the way, thank you for, for the cards you guys gave me for mine, but we celebrate everybody, so thank you for that. And by the way, I was with, our, we got six young people at the uh, junior high summer camp, and I was there last night. I preached a message last night at the camp, and they're doing good, and they're having a good time. So um, it was good to be with them last night. They're going to get back here I think today's roughly around 1 o'clock or something like that when the camp's over. So, but anyhow, they had a, a, a great time. They're, they're, um, God, God's doing some good stuff at that camp. It was good to see and be a part of. And anytime you can get your young person in, in a, a setting where Jesus is showing up, it's a good thing, right? So I was excited for the young people that are at the camp at Botkins this weekend. All right, anyways, Mark 16, 16. We're, we're talking about faith. 
Last week we began a series on faith. Great faith is what? Simply believing Jesus at his word. Nothing more, nothing less. Here's the one thing about the Bible. Don't, don't, don't think so much about the Bible that you complicate it. Don't make it complicated. Great faith is simply believing Jesus at his word. That's what we talked about last week. Now, Wednesday night, by the way, kind of fell into this series. Wednesday, if you weren't here, uh, we, we've been doing a series called Dealing with Struggle. And by the way, this Wednesday, Dealing with Struggle, we're going to talk about dealing with disappointment. And, and we're going to get, talk honestly about life and expectations and, and different things like that, including how in, in our prayer life and whatnot. So dealing with disappointment on Wednesday. But this past Wednesday, we, we talked about dealing with doubt. That, that there are times in a life of faith that we have moments of hesitation and have moments of doubt. And the important thing is that we don't settle and encamp there. That when doubt comes, we start to do something about it. Because I think everybody experiences moments of doubt now and then. Right? So great faith is simply believing Jesus at his word, but then there's times that we have hesitation or doubt, and we, and we have to deal with those things. We talked about that Wednesday. If you missed it, you can jump on the, the live stream and, and check it out from then. But today we want to continue in faith, and I want to talk about this, this, this uh, thought here, that once you confess that Jesus is Lord, and that is confession of faith, Right? then from then on, your life in one sense should be a story of faith. That once you confess Jesus is Lord, that from that point on, your, your life should be, and you can look at it in one way, as a story of faith. So in other words, a story of, of life that you are being led by the Spirit. And you're keeping in step with the Spirit. And all the things that that means because of it. But the story of a life with faith, in other words, a life with God, because faith is our connector to God. Right? You, you hear the phrase, somebody says, somebody, have faith. Well, yeah, have faith, but in what? It's not just to have faith, but have faith in what? In God. And when you have faith in God, then things start to happen. Because a life with God doesn't leave you just as you are, just where you are, and, and that's it. it. It will take you somewhere. And, it, and that becomes a story of faith. So if, in a moment, in a few moments, we're going to get into Hebrews uh, chapter 11, the great hall of faith chapter of the Bible. And it talks about by faith, and it tells things that people did in faith. In other words, their life was impacted and changed as they lived in faith in God in and and, and such a way that the Bible has stories about these people. Are you following me? You can follow their life and see what God is doing because they have faith. Amen. So Mark 16, 16. Whoever believes, in other words, makes confession... Whoever believes, in other words, responds in faith to God. All faith is in response to something that God is up to. Faith is born in you because you hear the gospel and faith is born. You respond in faith. Then your life is a response to everything that God is up to. So whoever believes, now watch this, and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe 
will be condemned. Now, notice it doesn't say anything about baptized with the whole condemned part. You're not saved because you're water baptized. It is a confession of your faith, right? But I want you to know something here. Whoever believes and is baptized. Baptism is an act of your life. It is something that you do. See, the life of faith isn't just saying I believe, but a life of faith is, is I believe, then what does that faith cause me to do? There's actions that come. See what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, faith is good, and you can believe in all that kind of stuff, but what does it cause you to do with your life? So there's a statement, I believe. Whoever believes, that, that is the, a statement that transcends your life. It's a funnel for the rest of the things of your life. But once you believe and understand something, that initial response of faith to the gospel, faith now becomes a choice for you. Right? That you choose to live each day by faith. Faith in what? In him. Faith in what? His word. Faith in what? The things he speaks to you. Faith in what? Well, how he leads you. Keeping in step with the spirit. Faith is a choice. Faith is born in us in a response to what God is up to, but then you must lose, choose to live by faith. It is a conscious, you think about it, deliberate, purposeful way of living. So I believe, but y'all just believe. Now there's actions that come from my life that show my belief, and I'm baptized. How you live is ultimately a confession of your faith. Right? How you go about life after you say, I believe, ultimately shows really how much you believe. It's a confession of your faith. That there is a life to live in him that happens because we have faith. So we just don't stop at belief and confession, but Confession goes into action. Confession without action is just a statement of convenience. Isn't that right? Confession without life coming from it is just a statement of convenience. And it was convenient because I believe because I wanted my sins forgiven or something like that. But there's a, is there a life that's flowing from what you believe? Is there active decisions in your life every day of faith that connects you with God so God can do what he wants and what he needs to in your life to take you somewhere? So if you look back on your life, right, and you look back on the moment of your salvation and then your life from that, is there a story of faith happening? Or is it kind of what I believed and I'm just still at that same spot? Is God taking you somewhere? Amen. Your life is a confession of what you believe. Now, James chapter 2. Let's, let's go to the book of James. Now, what we find in the Bible is that uh, Paul was very much making sure that we understand that we're not saved by our works. Is that right? And especially in, in the, uh, Paul is the, uh, 
evangelists to the, the Gentiles and the big picture question of, of the whether the Gentiles who follow Jesus need to fall back into uh, Old Testament law and live in as, as uh, the ceremonial law and all these different things. So Paul is really dealing with it. He's making a sharp point. Look, you're not saved by your works. Okay? You're saved by grace through faith, not by works, so no man can boast. So you're not saved by what you do. But then we have James, which, which, by the way, was the great moment of Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation. The reason that we don't, there was a split from the Catholic Church and we have Protestants because Luther stood in this. We're not saved by works. That caused the whole thing to fall apart, and now we have, we have us. Amen. But then you have James, and James comes along and says, okay, all right. Yeah, we're not saved by works, but you know what? Faith without works is dead. As a matter of fact, historically, Martin Luther had a big problem with the book of James. He had a hard time reconciling it. So James is telling us that, that, look, I understand that we're not saved by the things we do. You can't earn it from God, but yet there is a life that flows from the fact that we have faith. So um, let's look at uh, James chapter 2. And verse number 14. James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers? He's talking to the believers. If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Your life and how you live is a confession of what you say you believe. How you live is a response to that you are saved. And then the fruit of your salvation will start to grow in you. We call those works. But faith minus works ultimately ends up dead. As a matter of fact, he, he sort of gives an example here, verse 21 of chapter 2. Was not Abraham our father? Now, do we call Abraham the father of our faith? Right? Why? Why do we do that? Now, he didn't save us, but he is the first example in the Bible we see somebody that's stepping out in faith. Why do we call him the father of our faith? Why? Example in the Bible. It's because, remember, when he was Abram, God called him, and he believed? And what did he do? He went. There was an action connected to his belief, that he heard God. That he really believed that God gave him a direction. He said, oh, that was great, I heard God, that was nice. That, that's wonderful. But there was a response to it. So Abraham, look at that. And was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Now you want to talk about a very problematic thing in the Bible. How many know that story? Abraham was told... He's given a promise. I'm going to make you in a great way, in such a way that your descendants will be the, like the stars in the sky, even if you can count them, right? But yet his wife was barren, not having kids, and they're getting old. So he thinks he's going to do it his own way. So he, now we have Hagar and Ishmael and that whole story, right? And, but yet God, in, in, in fulfilling his word, uh, he has a son, it's Isaac. And then, then this, this really wild to me, a very uh, kind of crazy story is, then God says, okay, now take this son and go sacrifice him. Are you kidding me? 
That's, that's one. There's, there's, there's scriptures in the Bible, or stories in the Bible, just like, what in the world? So Abraham goes to obey this. But, but watch, watch what, it, what it says here. Verse 22. And see that faith was active with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And you see, that person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So Abraham believed, it was counted to him as righteousness, but yet there was a life that followed because he believed, even to the point of, of, of proceeding with something as crazy as the possibility of sacrificing Isaac. Now, we know the story. It didn't happen. God provided. As a matter of fact, Abraham believed that in some manner God was going to provide, right? But such great faith. Can you imagine wrestling with that thought if you were Abraham? You imagine questioning and dealing with maybe doubt. Really? Are you serious right now? You, you want me to do this. But he simply believed God at his word. Great faith. And then God provided in the moment. But it wasn't just that Abraham believed what God said, then there was an action that followed his belief, that cemented his belief, because his confession was lived out. Your life should be a story of faith, a confession of what you believe. God's taking you somewhere. He's doing something in you. You're keeping in step with the Spirit. Your life is changing. Amen. How many of you were a different person than when you got saved? I hope so. Why? Your story is a life of faith. How many of you have seen God do wonderful things in your life? You know why? Your story is a life of faith. How many of you in times of trouble, God showed up in the nick of time and saw you through? Anybody? You know why? Your story is a life of faith. Amen. And it's a story that's still being written, by the way, because you're all still here breathing. Ain't nobody, right. nobody getting on to the next place right now in service. Amen. Amen. There, there was a service I was in one time over at the other church where somebody died in the service. They prayed and she came back. It was amazing. And when the EMT got there, said, oh, she, she's okay, but we'll still take her to the hospital. I mean, you, they're up there, and they're over in the corner of the, of the room, I think it was over here, you just saw this commotion and chairs being moved and things happening, and it was just crazy. And they went and prayed for her, and it was, it, was, it was all good. Thank God that's not happening here. But we pray for you anyways. We bring you back. That's what would happen. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there for a second. Faith is complete when it's coupled with action. Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of faith in the Bible. Verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him. And without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You believe he exists, and then what do you do? You seek him. 
I believe in the nerves action. I believe in the nerves action. I believe in the nerves action. That pleases God. But, but watch this chapter here. We could take a little while and just hit, hit a bunch of these here, but watch this. Verse 4. Hebrews 11, 4. By faith, Abel did what? He offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. There was an action of sacrifice by faith. Action with his belief, right? I mean, we can go the whole way down through this. Um, let's see. Verse 7. Here's Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events that yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed action and art for saving of his household. He heard a word from God. He believed in an action came from his life, right? Verse 8. Here's Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed what he heard. He believed. Obeyed when he was called to go out to a place he was yet to receive his inheritance, nor the promised land. He headed that way, not knowing where he was going. All these stories in Hebrews 11 are by faith. People heard, they received something, then action came from their life. Those who live in the kingdom are people of action. You receive then we eventually go out and we do something. Action coming forth from our life. But it, but it takes a couple of things. Here's, here's what it takes. And we were talking about these things Wednesday with, with dealing with doubt. They are. You have to be a person that knows what God is up to. Because you're always responding to what he's up to. All the things that Jesus did. Remember he said... I'm only doing what I see the Father doing, right? When you know what God is up to, you can put action to your life. So all these stories by faith, all these things that we can read there, these are responses to something God has said, and they respond to it, and there's a life that follows. So again, how do you know what God's up to? Well, you start here. There's a whole big book of what God's up to. What has God said? Right here. You start here. Now, I understand in, in Pentecostal, charismatic circles, we're always wanting to hear what God has to say. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We're always listening. That's okay. Listen. But if you're like, why is he not talking to me? You read your Bible. There's a lot to go on right here already. Let's start here. Let's be people of the word. Right? But then along with that, what we just said, then, then you've got to be in his presence enough to know his voice so he can lead you. The, the, the wild thing about all the Hebrews 11 things we were just reading there, none of that came from written scripture that they were given. When Abraham was told to go, that wasn't in some sort of religious text he had. He heard and he went. When Noah built, he heard and he did. Right? When Abel offered the sacrifice, it was a drawing unto God that he should do this and he did. We need to be people of the word, but we also must be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the only way you get that way is you know his voice because you spend enough time in his presence. God be people of the word and people of presence. In other words, all this basic stuff that we talk about, what do Christians do? Well, Christians are people of prayer, right? Christians are people of, of, of scripture, that we don't just read scripture, but, but we read it in such a way that it, it gets in. 
We're people who fast when necessary, when we're, when we're uh, uh, prompted to. Why? Because that, that's just strengthening relationship. It's denying of self in order to know him more. We're people of worship. Not just when we're here together, but when we're out by ourselves, we worship. Why? All these things we consider the basics, they don't save you, but you do them because you're saved. Because that is part of the foundation of the ability to live a life of faith. It's in these things that we find ourselves being transformed. So in other words, put it this way, uh, one of those things, prayer. Prayer is not to get from God what you want. Prayer is to transform you. The Bible is not just for you to skate around in here and find a couple of verses to, to get what you want from God. The Bible is here to transform you. Fasting is not trying to build brownie points with God to get God to do what you want. Fasting is part of transforming you. You see? And certainly worship has nothing to do with us. Worship is about him. So how did you feel during worship today? It don't matter. It's not about you. Now, I understand we experience God, and I understand he shows up, and you get what I'm saying, but our, our first mode is not about what we think about it. it, it it's worship. Again, that's relational. It's building. It, 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 again, it reminds you that you're not God, and he is, so you worship him. It's a, a statement of faith. It's a confession. See, we do these things so we can live a life of faith. Now, what happens when, when you hear or, or you read or we got to be people who obey. Because Abraham heard, but he could have said, nope, I ain't doing that. Noah heard and said, nope, I ain't building that boat. You're crazy. It's going to take a long time. I've never built a boat before. What are you talking about? I don't know what to do. Right? Abel, Abel could have started getting this understanding of what it means to sacrifice. He said, yeah, it's just, yeah, psh, I ain't doing that. So what do you do when you do hear and do see? Do you obey? Again, action only comes because purposeful, decisive action on your part. Amen. And what happens? Then, then you have the opportunity to live in God possibilities. Yes. Within who he is, within what he's about, within the life that he has for you. So we are people of faith because we're people that hear and we obey. We confess, and then the rest of our life is the action of our confession. We continually live in the leading of God, the Holy Spirit, in our life, and it's how we live. Every part of our life. You, you know, God, God desires to be a part of your everydays and teach us what it means to live in faith in our everydays. And not just the big issues that we face in our life, but, but all the little stuff. He wants to be a part of all the little stuff. But you have to involve him in such a way that I'm going to live by faith in him in this right here, in this, this specific situation. And what would he have me do because I believe? And you'll find you'll start doing stuff a little different. You know what I'm saying? You'll find your approach comes differently. And your attitude comes differently. And your expectation comes differently. Because we're living a life of faith. Because God's possibilities is opened up. Because I believe. 
And I believe that God will respond. And because he's going to respond, there's just going to be a way I live. That's what it means to live by faith and not by sight. That's what it means to be the righteous live by faith. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. Amen. Let's be people of faith. Can we do that? Can we hear what God is saying and simply believe it? No more, no less. That if, that if the God of the universe, who spoke things into existence and holds all things and is going to come through to the end, if he said it, can we simply believe it and in turn live by it with the actions of our life? Can we do that? Amen. That, that's what we need in this world, by the way. We need people who are living by faith. Not by what you see, not the craziness over here, not the worry of this over here, not what's happening. No, no, we live in him by faith. Amen? Okay. We'll close out there. Let's pray. Let's pray this morning. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you lead us. Lord, as we read the word, you make the word pop to us. Continue to guide us in all truth in the word. I pray, Lord, as, as we pray, that you guide us in our prayer, that we pray in such a way that that is, is, is getting in on what you are up to. I pray in our everyday situations that, that we lean on you and we listen to you and we live by faith in what you are saying and what you're doing. Lord, we don't want to do this our way. We live in the possibilities of who you are. It's something I, I was, you just stay prayerful for a moment. It's just something I was uh, just in worship that was just in my heart is that, that there, there are, are some of you that, that you're finding yourselves in moments of, of I don't know, like a passion being drawn out of you about something. Don't ignore those things. They may very well may be the leading of the Holy Spirit for you for something. Connected to some direction, purpose, calling, I don't know. When you, when you find yourself in, in moments of these, these just, you're just drawn and you're just, just see what God is saying and let him lead you. Because, because often, again, this is a response to something that's happening in you. And God, God I think, is, is going to start using some of you in areas that he had not been before, but he's setting you up to be able to do so. Amen. Uh, that was just in my heart. That, that, that's for you. Just grab hold of it and, and do, do what you can do with that. Lord, so we just pray blessing on everybody who's traveling this week. Bring them all home safe. I pray, Lord, we all have a very wonderful week. We look forward to gathering together again. But I pray in this week we have impact for you in our everyday lives. And we thank you for that. Use us, Jesus. 
Amen and amen and amen. All right, we'll high-five a bunch of people on the way out. Be blessed as you go today. We'll see you Wednesday night.